Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society's Digital Focus Area Working Group's podcast three-part series entitled Typical Challenges with Moving Digitalization Initiatives Forward for Medical Affairs. My name is Rishi Ori, and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. I serve as a member of the Digital Focus Area Working Group. I've been with Estellas Pharma for the past 13 years and have been specializing in heading digital excellence within medical affairs for over six years. Our legal disclaimer states, the views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of the MAPS or the companies with which we are affiliated with. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a legal or regulatory advice. We encourage you to engage in conversations about typical challenges with moving digitalization initiatives forward for medical affairs with other MAPS members via the community portal on the MAPS website. Simply log in with the email address and password associated with your MAPS account and click on the discussion tab. Then scroll down to digital strategy to post a question or review previous postings. The podcast objectives today are to discuss some of the common challenges medical affairs organizations face in offering best-in-class digital capabilities for its customers, to offer some insights and perspectives both internally and externally to understand what opportunities exist to overcome these challenges. In today's final three, part three of three series, we'll be discussing some key themes as it relates to external trends, opportunities, and predictions. For today's conversations, I'm joined by Ethan Dabbs, Managing Director and Senior Partner at Boston Consulting Group. Ethan has over 20 years of experience in the management consulting and digital marketing agency sectors and has been with BCG for 15 years. He specializes in biopharma strategy and commercialization and has worked with many top global pharma companies and biotech companies. He also co-chairs BCG's Medical Affairs Roundtable a working group of senior medical affairs executives from 25 companies. Thank you so much, Rishi. It's, it's really my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Ethan. And really, just to kind of get things started out, I, I did ask in the previous podcast to both Robert and Jonathan a uh, similar question. So what's really interesting to me is to understand your insights from an external perspective. And really what I'm trying to get at is digital health could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And it's really a, a movement that's generating a fundamental shift in our industry. Now, from your external perspective, Ethan, how do you define digital? And what do you see as the biggest challenge and also the opportunities in promoting digital capabilities within medical affairs uh, from your experience? Sure. So, so maybe first to address how I would define digital. Um, as you can said, it, it, it can really mean many different things to many different people. Um, you know, I think it can refer to first uh, a way of engaging remotely or virtually, as as many of us have been doing for the the last year via Zoom or other technology platforms. And I think that's you know it can happen in a couple of different ways. So companies to HCPs or investigators. HCPs to HCPs or peer-to-peer -peer type interactions, and also, you know, HCPs to patients increasingly through the, the telemedicine applications that, you know, many of, many of us have been either involved in or experiencing um, over the last, increasingly over the last year or so. 
I think it can also refer to the content that is delivered and accessed online or, you know, through on-demand or, or self-service modes. Yeah, I, I think this is increasingly how medical information is made available and shared by pharmaceutical companies. And it, it's also how, you know, it's, it's accessed by their HCP customers um, or their investigator partners. Um, I think, you know, maybe more broadly, I think it can also refer to digital therapeutics, um, which is a product offering that, that many biopharma companies are beginning to develop, um, that they're conducting investigational trials on, and, and several have also found ways to commercialize. Um, so digital therapeutics, I would define as digital companions, or in, in some cases, even alternatives to conventional medicines that once they're studied in clinical trials and approved by regulators, can be prescribed as a way to improve or enhance the outcomes of traditional therapies. And, and digital therapeutics applications and tools can, you know, I think, really also enhance the communications and flow of information about symptoms or changes in a, in a patient's condition and, you know, that information flowing between patients and their, their providers between physical appointments um, and I think it can also improve medication adherence. Um, we're certainly seeing evidence of that in some of the digital therapeutics applications. So, you know, I think this is increasingly relevant for medical affairs teams as they're often involved in the product and trial design of digital therapeutics, the, the recruitment of study sites and investigators, and, and also the analysis and interpretation of the data that emerge from digital therapeutics trials and, and the commercial products. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and maybe on to your question about challenges and, and opportunities, um, you know, I would say that, um, you know, these, these, are, these are all related, um, you know, both the challenges and the opportunity side. I mean, so much is changing so quickly in the digital space that I think it can be really challenging for companies and, and even medical affairs professionals therein to really keep their knowledge current. Um, but at the same time, it can be a great opportunity and I think even a competitive differentiator or, or advantage for, for those who do. And I think we've seen that as part of some of our roundtable discussions is, you know, the, mm -hmm. the companies that are really, you know, I think beginning to succeed and the individuals therein that are beginning to succeed, um, you know, really, really are focused on, on digital. Yeah, so it's so relative, uh, Ethan, and it's, it's. I often describe my role to others as an art and a science because it's changing all yeah. the time, and it's so it's so interesting, and it keeps me very excited and motivated. But uh, thanks for your comments on that, and and for all the folks listening, I, I did forget to mention that I had the pleasure of collaborating with Ethan, as well as several other industry peers back in 2019, uh, to discuss typical typical challenges with moving digitalization in initiatives forward which is our topic today for this podcast, uh, as part of a BCG roundtable event. And we spoke about challenges such as the lack of digital strategy, uh, scaling up and rolling out of solutions, which often brings in what we call pilotitis, um, also regulatory roadblocks, data governance challenges, financial and talent acquisition challenges as well. So, Ethan, since our last discussion uh, back at the roundtable, can you share a more current perspective of these challenges? And are, are they the same? Are they different? Are there new ones um, from your experience that you've, you've, you've noticed? Yeah, as, as we're well, as we're all aware, a lot has changed since um, you know since our roundtable in, in late 2019, and you know in the world more broadly. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think some of the challenges that, you know, more specifically to, um, you know, digital and, and medical affairs, you know, haven't really changed or maybe haven't even really been resolved. Um, but, I, but I think the, the speed with which we're all adapting to working in a virtual environment has, has helped accelerate, I think, the way many companies are, are thinking about their, their offerings and their capabilities in the, in the areas of digital. Um, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of, of collaborating with um, a client to launch an oncology product, actually a couple of oncology products, in, you know, what turned out to be a nearly fully virtual model, including, you know, most of the medical affairs and even commercial activities. And, you know, e even though we're, we're typically thinking ahead to the future at our roundtable, I, I don't think we, you know, any of us back in November 2019 could have imagined this level of disruption. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, on, on the positive side, the level of success that, you know, some of these medical and commercial collaborations could achieve to really help bring life-saving medications to oncology patients during the midst of a global pandemic. Um, you know, but, but I think there's, there's really some new challenges to consider, including, you know, how to think about the new post-COVID equilibrium in the balance of virtual versus in-person interactions and also, I think that the mix of medical versus, you know, more traditional commercial capabilities, I, I think we've, we've learned a lot over the last year. And, you know, we've, we've adapted the, you know, the offers to a lot of new HCP customer needs. And I think, you know, many professionals, both on the, on the medical and the commercial side, have, have, have fought through how to overcome access barriers but, but I think it, it remains to be seen how much of these new ways of working will persist versus how much will revert to the, the sort of pre-pandemic model of, of customer engagement. I think there's there's a lot of, of, of people, a lot of our clients, and, and certainly, you know, the, the work that we're doing with many of them, as well as some of our own independent research to, to watch that, that dynamic incredibly closely because it's going to have significant implications on, on budgets, on organizational size and structure, on, on capabilities and talent management, and you know specifically things like recruiting and retention, training and development. So, you know, lots of lots of changes, um, but certainly lots of opportunity going forward too. Yeah, definitely, Ethan. So, so now that we've re removed reviewed some of these primary challenges. And also some, you know, question that comes to mind, or what are some of the opportunities for medical affairs to overcome? You know, the MAPS community may, we all may be at different stages in our evolution of digital. Keeping this in mind, you know, I'm just curious for you to help me understand, you know, one or two recommendations or takeaways that you might share for folks in their digital journeys. Sure. Um, you know, and I think I would put this in terms of, you know, opportunities for, you know, both the medical affairs function as well as, as medical affairs professionals. Um, you know, I, I think we're seeing from our research and our work with clients that HCPs and investigators have an increasing appetite for the type of data and information that is, you know, I think we would all argue best and most compliantly delivered in, in a physical or virtual two-way discussion with a medical affairs professional. Um, so I, I, I see clients um, also, you know, in that vein, really taking a different perspective on how they recruit and deploy their MSLs. 
Um, you know, I, I think it, it, it used to be, and maybe in some cases still is, but, you know, increasingly this is becoming something of a topic of debate. You know, it used to be that, that companies followed a pretty strict territory-based alignment approach, you know, much like on the, on the commercial side of the organization mm-hmm. where you have representatives aligned to very specific geographies and territories. But, you know, I, I think, you know, looking ahead in terms of opportunities, assuming that one you know, virtual interactions persist, two, that that the appetite of HCPs for medically oriented information also persists, and three, that medically oriented representatives continue to have you know, some sort of advantage in gaining access to HCPs, at least virtually. I, I think the need to have MSLs very rigidly or strictly aligned to a territory becomes much less important. Mm-hmm. And so with the with the increased demand for MSL type skills, you know, especially those with, you know, experience in digital ways of, of interacting and with and with various, you know, digital platforms and, and technologies, that, that's really where, you know, I, I think I see the opportunity and we're seeing the opportunity for our clients. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense, Ethan. And I think maybe another topic for another podcast may be around this concept of digital fatigue I keep hearing about yeah. and how to overcome that that challenge as well. Um, but, you know, I, I know I spend a lot of time and my personal time researching new trends, digital disruption, how do we do more with less? Um, and so just curious for for you, Ethan, looking at this from an external perspective, you know, if there was a, a magical crystal ball to help others um, in planning for their future digital plans, what what would you expect? You know, what are you seeing from a trending perspective? I'm really interested in your thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we take out the crystal ball and, and, and maybe really look very far ahead, I, I think one of the the biggest disruptions to watch for over the next decade or so relates to quantum computing um, or the use of you know, elements of quantum mechanics to perform operations and analysis on data. I, I think that will help us solve highly complex analytical challenges much, much faster and more efficiently than we've done before. And if you think it, think about implications of that, I think it's going to have major implications for medicine and the methods by which we discover, evaluate, regulate new therapeutic interventions, and you know particularly the speed with which we are, we're able to achieve that. Um, but but I mean that's really you know that's looking to the I think the latter part of the decade. And if we want to look in the nearer term and, and maybe in a more practical sense. Um, you know, for, for, for some of the folks that are listening to this and, and what they're doing within their organizations, I, I would really expect that digital therapeutics becomes a, a much more prominent um, feature of what we all do over the next several years. You know, given the, the, the there's a clinical trial component, there's a product design component, there's an evolving regulatory landscape um, you know, there's been the demonstrated commitment of several biopharma companies, um, technology players, leading medical centers and health systems to, to building out digital therapeutics capabilities. And, and, and with that also goes the, the internal capabilities and ways of working required to develop and bring digital therapeutics to market. 
and and I would think I would expect that to be a major area of opportunity for medical affairs professionals um, who want to be part of you know innovation in the in the digitally oriented biopharma industry. That's fantastic, and it's so insightful, Ethan, and a, and a huge thank you to you. Um, and the objectives of this podcast really were to discuss this, some of the common challenges that medical affairs organizations face in offering best-in-class digital capabilities to its customers and to offer some insights and perspectives both internally and externally to understand what opportunities do exist to overcome these challenges. This has been the third and final podcast in a series on typical challenges with moving digitalization initiatives forward for medical affairs. The first two podcasts were brought more from an internal MA industry perspective within pharma. However, this podcast, we heard a more external perspective. Digital offers an amazing opportunity. I'm sure everyone would agree. I hope this series was insightful and supportive in your own personal journey of implementing digital within medical affairs. If you're a MAPS member, thank you for your continued support of MAPS. Um, and if not, uh, and you'd like to access this material, um, you may find them actually on the MAPS website and also consider joining MAPS um, at the medicalaffairs.org forward slash membership. This, this concludes this podcast.